재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵. Welcome back. We've been talking about the state of the real estate market here in South Korea. It certainly inherently had quite a bit of problems, but the recent term events, especially Brexit, have now added to those fears, wondering how that's going to affect the situation, not just here in South Korea, but we want to broaden the discussion to how Brexit would affect property markets all over the world. Give us your thoughts. Text us at pound 1013 for 51 or send us a cacao talk message. We have two experts from the UK set to join us shortly. But first, once again, from Chungang University, Professor Song Soo-young. Okay, so Professor uh-huh. Song, uh, it was very dramatic with uh, Brexit and a bit of a surprise to a lot of people. We talked about it uh, in the past, about mm. how it might affect Korea's economy and how exposure to uh, UK is not necessarily as great as other countries. But in your view, will it have any impact possibly or later in the future in terms of trickle-down effect to the property market in Korea, real estate market? Yeah, after a week has passed uh, in the wake of the Brexit, I think uh, At first, it looks pretty, uh, the uncertainty has uh, seemed to have a very great impact on the exchange rate and other economic uh, indicators. However, as time passes, uh, I found that especially the response, market response seems very calm and composed. And also exchange rate has been returned to the uh, level that used to be in the before the Brexit so to that regard, I think that the impact of the Brexit on the Korean uh, real estate market is very minimal. And also the, the decoupling of the uh, Korean domestic economy and the world economy persists, I believe. Mm-hmm. And because the, especially the real estate market in South Korea is uh, mostly affected by the endogenous uh, domestic economic uh, growth rate and uh, some uh, kind of uh, interest rate. So recently we have seen the the declining of the interest rate, whereas the U.S. federal funds rate remain without change, constant. So therefore, to that regard, I think the the impact of the Brexit would be very limited. However, in the in the britain i'm what i'm co- most concerned is that if there is a kind of uh, conflict within the britannia i mean for example the you Scot- mean scotland and right, northern ireland exactly. okay so 49 million people of england maybe they could start kind of uh, very enforceable. So the concern is more a political that's instability right, that's right, right now that's as right. it okay. otherwise economically it does not have much impact, uh, especially for the Korean market. Well, speaking of the UK, uh, let's invite our two panelists uh, from Great Britain. Uh, we have first from London School of Economics, Economic Geography, Professor Paul Cheshire, and also from the Henley Business School at the University of Reading, Real Estate Finance Professor Simon Stevenson. Uh, gentlemen, thank you both for joining us. Hello. Thank you. Uh, If I may, uh, I'd like to begin with Professor Cheshire. Do you believe that as it stands now, if there is a less integrated and potentially economically uncertain Europe, 
there will be, at least if we're talking about the effect on the property markets, um, less demand for commercial properties, particularly in London where we're hearing uh, companies like Goldman Sachs saying we are moving out of, uh, of, of this area. There, is there going to be a real impact in that sense? I think we should distinguish between uh, the short run and the long run. And unfortunately, the short run may be quite a long period because we have to negotiate a sensible exit now, or indeed it's just possible. Uh, We may end up not leaving the European Union at all, Mm. but all that will create uncertainty and take a minimum of two years and perhaps five years. So as we all know, uncertainty is very bad for uh, investment uh, and it's bad for major property purchases. So I think that there will be a significant uh, fall in investment in Mm. Britain as a result of this vote and that will have a significant effect on both the uh, real economy but also on the property market in the short run but that short run may be quite a long Mm. period. Um, Now I think that, you know, I think it'll be more of a dribble. I think we'll, you know, media like big headlines and there will be some probably big headline decisions to uh, leave London. Um, and there will probably be a collapse of the proposed merger between the London and Frankfurt stock exchanges, mm. for example. Uh, but I think it's going to be more of a dribble as people have to make their minds up about where they're going to expand their capacity. Uh, they will right. tend, for the time being, at least for the short run at least, not to expand in London until it's clear of what's going on. Uh, but I think that there will be actually a bigger impact on provincial uh, English uh, property markets, commercial property markets, because, of course, there is also the internal movement to cheaper office space out of London, and that is now more likely to go to, say, Amsterdam or to um, or, or, or to Frankfurt rather than to go to Manchester uh, or, or, or Newcastle. Uh, on the other hand, there may be some positive sides, certainly for Dublin, uh, which is going, obviously staying in the EU, but possibly also, as you were just talking about, for Edinburgh, mm. because the situation with respect to Scotland is still unclear. Right. And it's a very important point. If we do continue to weigh the pros and cons, Professor Stevenson, um, could there possibly be a benefit in terms of the property market as far as tourism related um, properties? Uh, If I, for example, see that sterling has dropped in value and it's it's a lot more affordable for me to go visit the UK and enjoy uh, some time with my family there, if that is a cumulative effect of more demand for those type of properties, could that be potentially a beneficial effect? I, I think there will be some positive, but I mean, a, a bit like what Paul was saying, I think it's dividing up between the short run and the long run. I think that those positives, I think certainly next year we'll see a sort of increase in tourism to the UK because of the fall in sterling. Whether it is sustained, which it needs to be to justify any actual development activity or increase in investment in those sectors really depends on sort of the long term and um, I think sort of the other thing is that, I mean in a lot of these areas you're going to see a lot of sort of multiple often offsetting effects and one of the sectors that's kind of been commonly mentioned the last sort of week that may benefit from um, sort of the fall in sterling is the retail sector particularly if you look at central London mm. um, I mean already about half of 
the West End of London sales, retail-wise, come from overseas visitors. So that's often been put forward as, you know, they could benefit from the lower pound. But those retailers are going to be, you know, a lot of their stock is coming from overseas. They're going to have sort of negative impacts from that same movement in the pound. So there's a lot, you know, this is why I think everybody's sort of speculating at the moment. Um, I think sort of on broader sort of sectors as well, I mean, I mean, again, Paul mentioned the short and the long run. I mean, industrial is a prime example on this, where manufacturing may benefit in the in the very short run because of the weaker pounds, but then you've got to offset that with the long run implications of potentially the UK having no or reduced access to the single market. Right. Um, no. Yeah, and then certainly there are a lot of these uh, complicating factors here. Yeah. Uh, Professor Cheshire, uh, you mentioned Amsterdam um, as a potential spot for people who are not in the prime London districts who might move offices there. You mentioned Edinburgh. You mentioned uh, Dublin as places that might see some benefits. Can you just maybe point out for our listeners here in Korea where you feel real estate markets in continental Europe or maybe even in Ireland where you might see some interesting activity both maybe for the better or for the worse? Well, again, I think we really need to stress this distinction between the short run because what's really damaging uh, the markets at the moment is the uncertainty and uncertainty leads to people not making investment decisions Um, and and so it's for this reason that I think it's more of a sort of dribbling away from London whilst people simply don't know what the future is going to be but they do know what's going to be happening in the remaining EU which is the bulk of uh, European economic activity so I think it's more likely the second order uh, office uh, markets which will tend to benefit such as Amsterdam, certainly Dublin because it's uh, English speaking and it has very close connections uh, with Britain and of course with the US too, Uh, so probably Dublin is a potential beneficiary uh, whereas, as I said uh, provincial cities in England like uh, Manchester or Newcastle I see as potentially losing even Mm. more than London Uh, but in the long run when we know what the real sort of rules of the game are going to be, it's, I think that London still has great strengths in terms of its uh, institutional base, its regulatory framework, but above all in terms of its skills. It's got a, um, right. the most skilled labor force in, uh, in, in Europe, and I think that that is a real benefit. Uh, the only problem, of course, is that you may lose some of those skills, mm. again, because of this short-run uncertainty. I want to bring in Professor Song and get mm-hmm. sort of the Korean perspective. Um, what about Korean firms there? We know that London is serving as a gateway mm-hmm. to a lot of the uh, the That's rest right. of the European markets. And again, there is some political uncertainty as to how exactly the uh, terms of the, uh, the the exit will work out. But what do you think Korean firms are going to have to strategize mm-hmm. right now? Uh, first of all, I would like to remind you of the recent FTA, free trade agreement between EU and Korea. Now, the Britain is out of the EU. Then it means that we don't have to... Uh, uh, we have to retain the, maintain the, some FTA between the Britain and Korea. So what does it mean? So to that regard, it kind of uh, some kind of tariff and protectionism could be possible between Britain and Korea. So the quicker the firms, uh, South Korean firms out of Britain would be better 
for them. Also, to that regard, I would like to say in the short run, especially in England, the richer people, richer class would suffer from most from the Brexit. However, and then you mentioned that the potential benefit of uh, depreciating sterling could bring the, some tourists from abroad. However, if there is uh, some kind of a protection, protectionism tariff, if the EU set up effectively against uh, depreciating sterling, then the, dep- the benefit of depreciating sterling could be reduced. Mm. So in the long run, so I have a strong doubt whether the England could have uh, some benefit, I mean, especially the trade. In, interesting in ter- Yeah, in terms of okay. trade. But domestically, the middle class and uh, the lower uh, uh, level people could get a job back. But however, how much effect that could maintain or sustain the British economy, at least mm. the Brit- Britain economy has endured some kind of uh, uh, loss, at least in terms of the economic wealth. Professor Stevenson, we mm-hmm. speak of South Korea as uh, one of the investors, probably by no means uh, one of the larger investors in uh, the UK's real estate market. How do you foresee Chinese, I, I just, that was a slip of the tongue, but foreign buyers, and of course, to a large extent, uh, Chinese buyers, as far as how they see the situation and how they view the UK market now? Um, I think it'll depend as much on the nationality but also the type of investor. I mean, I think sort of, you know, the, the weak and, and also the sector they're looking at. I think for, for something like housing, I think you're probably going to, you know, the, the fall in sterling is probably going to be potentially quite a big short-run impact. Um, I think for commercial, probably less so. I mean, I think it is going to have an impact. I think there, though, with the commercial sector, it's going to really depend on who the investors are. I think... The sovereign wealth funds, the big institutions have a longer-term perspective. They're going to be not just less willing, but also less able to respond very quickly. Um, but even on that, you know, there's a few sort of areas where, again, you've got to be quite careful. I mean, I think to the people, there's been a lot of talk again, oh, it's you know, a great time for overseas buyers to go into the UK because of the fall in the pound. But you've got to remember that that's just benefiting new purchases, Um any existing overseas investor with exposure in the UK has just taken, in their own currency, a big hit on their UK holdings because mm. of the fall in sterling. So there's also that offset. The other thing I think, particularly on commercial, is that you know it's got to be placed in the context of the underlying fundamentals. And you know we have this enormous amount of speculation at the moment about what's going to happen. But if economic conditions do worsen to a significant extent, then are overseas investors going to be prepared to put money into the UK with worsening fundamentals? It effectively just becomes a currency play. Um, and, I mean, it's been sort of mentioned already, I mean, there's still a lot of uncertainty. You know, key commercial markets like central London offices, huge amount of uncertainty. How Brexit is going to play out? Are we going to see big-scale movement in financial services jobs, you know, because of the whole passport sort of issue with sort of financial services and that's really going to depend on the deal that the UK and the EU sort of strike and to what degree financial services in the UK have access um, on going to the single market and the final one I, I just actually saw today which is kind of really interesting um, 
in Singapore, United Overseas Bank sort of said that they're suspending writing any new loans for UK real estate, and DBS Bank also put out a warning about FX and sovereign mm -hmm. risk in the UK. So I think that's going to be the other thing is UK, particularly London real estate, has been viewed the last few years globally as very much a safe haven. I mean, it, mm. ironically, you know, in 2009, in, in the aftermath of the financial crisis, London real estate did okay because right. of that view. Is that going to be affected by, you know, sort of by Brexit, which I thought the, the news coming out of Singapore today was really interesting in that context. Mm. Very interesting. We're almost out of time, but uh, Professor Cheshire, do you have any final thoughts on this? Well, first of all, remember that Britain is a member of the EU for at least another two years with all the uh, arrangements that are already in place. Uh, secondly, uh, we have this terrible uncertainty, which I'm uh, fairly confident is going to have a negative effect on the economic on the economy for at least two years, with probably uh, recession uh, next year, mm. uh, and that's going to actually hit the, the 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 worse off and the poorer people more than the richer people. And another thing, of course, is that it is not going to slow migration. Migration into the UK will continue at the level which our economy justifies because it's the pull effect of the economy and we still have free movement of people mm. as between the EU and, and, and Europe but we also of course have more migration from non-EU countries than we do from EU countries. Right. Yeah, very. Mm. It is great to get the thoughts of both of uh, you here really giving us a fresh perspective on things. Professor Cheshire, Professor Stevenson, thank you both for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Professor Song, um, mm -hmm. you heard some interesting analysis from the two yeah. professors. Any thoughts on what they said? Uh, actually, they have uh, give a very uh, very intuitive analysis of in the uh, Britain uh, British market. But uh, what I'm concerned in the Korean real estate market, uh, as I as I mentioned earlier, the Korean real estate market is, I think, not much affected by the uh, Brexit. However. Uh, currently, the, the, therefore, the government policy or government concern should lie in the some um, rejuvenating the economic growth rate. Recently, it has been declining uh, from the three percent to two point two point three percent. But not exports necessarily, but domestic demand. That's right. That's right. Exactly. So I think the one way to escape or is a kind of a very uh, uh, lean, uh, flexible steps toward North Korea. That is mm. another way to rejuvenate the economy. I think about we have no time to. But this discuss. current administration probably will not be. That's the problem. Actually, that they avenue, could. I don't actually, think. the current government exacerbated the economic situation because we could a little bit better than we did right now. I think. However, even with some additional government budget and the lowered interest rate. But we still are kind of trapped in the kind of a threat from North Korea. Why not try to remove North Korea in more easier way and flexible way, not by force? With force, nobody cannot coerce yeah. or force the other people to, uh, sure. to be subject to... Uh, our country at all. I don't well, think, no. it's uh, certainly something that voters can think about during the mm -hmm. uh, next presidential election, which is That's for right. uh, 2017. Uh, as always, Professor Song, uh, mm -hmm. great analysis. Appreciate mm -hmm. your time and hope mm -hmm. to see you again soon. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. Mm -hmm.